Hey, New Life family, thank you so much for tuning in and, and welcome to our online weekend experience. We hope you had a great week and we hope you've been enjoying this series. Hey, go ahead and take out your phones and pull up the New Life app because that's where the message notes are located for the uh, for the messages that we give here at New Life. And so uh, we love for you to keep up with us uh, as we give the fill-ins because those are archived. You can always go back and look at the notes that you take. And so I know it's a super uh, a great resource that we offer to you. And so thank you for tuning in. There's a lot of uh, uh, services, a lot of different churches you could have tuned in to this weekend. Uh, but you chose New Life Christian Center right out here in California. We just want to say welcome home to you, okay? All right, so like I said, we've been in this... Uh, series called The Time Is Now. And today we're going to be starting in the book of Ecclesiastes. If you want to turn with me to the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Uh, by the way, just want to say uh, hello to all of you, uh, to New Life Turlock, New Life Patterson. Pastor Dave will be here uh, live in Turlock uh, this weekend. Uh, but want to say uh, to hi to all our friends and family, those of you that's watching around the country, thank you for tuning in this weekend. But we are in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. That's what we're going to read. A very famous passage of Scripture. If you grew up in church, you probably heard this many, many times. It says this out of the New Living Translation. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, Two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Hey, wherever you're watching from, bow your heads with me as we pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Lord, your word, uh, it's nutrients to our soul. And so, Father, we know that you have something uh, special that you want us to take in and absorb today so that we can grow closer to you. And that's what we are asking for today, that you speak your words through your servant to your people. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, let me give you a real quick series recap. Week one, we said the time is now to know God. Week two, we said the time is now to move beyond regret. Week three, we said the time is now for life, all life. Week four, we said the time is now to worship. And then last week, we said the time is now to make room, to make time, to rest. And if you missed any of the past messages, just want to encourage you, they're right here on our YouTube channel or online. So today we're looking at the time is now to connect. The time is now to connect. How many of you know that now more than ever, we need each other. All right, come on now. I mean, you may not need me, but boy, do I sure need you. And you might be an introvert, and you might be saying, nah, yeah, Jeremy, I'm, I'm good. You know, people, they kind of drive me nuts. I honestly don't like people. In the musical rendition of Scrooge, played by Albert Finney, it came out in 1970, Ebenezer sings a song in the very beginning called, I Hate People. All right, and maybe you've heard that song before, and maybe you've been there. But personally, for me, I'm an extrovert, just in case you couldn't tell. I need people in my life. I want people in my life. 
And although there are those times where I dream of being all by myself on a deserted island like Tom Hanks making friends with a soccer ball named Wilson, after a while, I know I need human interaction. I know I'd go crazy. Uh, Let me tell you about the story of a ferret. Years ago, up until about a year ago, we had a pet ferret named Gertie. Now, when we first got her from the original owner, she said, I I don't have the time to spend with her, and ferrets need a lot of interaction. And so after we started doing some research on our own, we, we realized that ferrets do indeed need a ton of interaction. In fact, if ferrets don't have regular interaction, either with another ferret or humans or a cat or some other animal that won't bring harm to them, they will become depressed and begin to die. That's how important it is for ferrets to have interaction. It's critical for their survival. And I believe whether or not we want to admit it or not, uh, no matter how much quiet space that you and I crave, we need each other. If you grew up in church, you probably heard, like I said earlier, a hundred messages around the key verse that we read earlier. And you probably heard Uh, titles or slogans around the verses that we read. We're better together. Friends are friends forever. Created for connection. We're stronger together. And all uh, all of those titles are certainly true. And that was before 2020. Just the other day, I was listening to a message from a pastor in Seattle centered around the topic that we're talking about today. This message was from the end of 2019, and it was about how much we need each other, how important it is for us to stay connected. And then I was on YouTube, and I found a a few other pastors that gave messages similar to this one at the end of 2019 or at the beginning of 2020, before all hell broke loose in our country. And I began to think, man, we had no idea what we were about to experience The isolation, the wave of emotions, the division, the walls and the looks and the fears and the depression. You and I were not meant to go through life alone. God made and designed us for interaction and for connection. It's in our emotional and mental and and spiritual psyche to be with people. I cannot, nor do I want to go through life without people in my life. I want to be mentored, and I want to mentor. I want to teach, and I want to be taught. I want to grow, and I want to help grow others. I want to be a friend, and I want to be friended. <laughs> I want to pray with each other, with other people, and I want others to pray for me. I want to eat with others. I want to laugh with others. I want to cry with people and serve with people and love with people. And if you're saying, but Jeremy, I I just don't like being around anyone, then you might not like heaven. (laughs) Because you're gonna, if you're a follower of Jesus this weekend, you're gonna be around a lot of people for a very long time when we get to heaven and the life after this one. But today I want to talk about the importance of connecting with each other and how actually God created us to do so. 
I mean, after all, he patterned human interaction and human connection from the relational connection that he wants and desires with us. We talked about this a little bit last week when we discussed the, uh, how much we all need time and space to, to rest and reflect and recharge. We see all throughout Scripture that we don't read about humanity's desire to connect with God, but rather God's desire to, to connect with us. So how do we model God's connection with us, with others? Well, here's what I want us all to wrestle with today. I actually do not believe that we can be the Christ followers that Jesus wants us to be unless we're connected to a small group of believers on a regular basis. Now, why would I say that? Because biblical community is all the way through our scriptures, beginning with the triune God, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, who in Genesis said, let us make man in our image. And the theme continues all the way through the Old Testament, all the way through, through the New Testament, and it's never more prominent than what we see in the book of Acts. This band of brothers, this band of sisters became connected at the deepest levels, and that connection propelled them to change the world as we know it. That's why connecting with each other is so critical. Yes, we need to go to all the world and share the good news of Jesus. Yes, we need to interact with those who don't know who Jesus is. Yes, we need to connect with unbelievers that, and offer hope and grace and forgiveness that only Jesus can give. But if we're true followers of Jesus, we're supposed to already be doing that. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27 says this. This is the Apostle Paul talking. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. You and I have a job to do as well. We have a responsibility to spur each other on, to encourage one another, to lift each other up as believers. You and I collectively make up the body of Christ. Each of us is a different body part because of our own different personalities, our unique gifts and skill sets and talents and abilities. And together, we make up one functioning active body of believers who are supposed to be moving the kingdom of God forward. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 12, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. And that takes us to our first fill-in for the weekend. It says this, connect together with a common purpose. Connect together with a common purpose. In Acts chapter 4, verse 32, we read this. All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. All right, listen to this. And they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. Now, what sticks out to you most about this verse? That everyone considered their possessions belonging to a group and not just an individual? I mean, that's crazy talk, right? I mean, we work hard for what we have. And our 21st uh, century American culture says, what's mine is mine and what's yours is mine. <laughs> that's the way that we think. Could it be 
Could it be that we are so materialistic that we miss what I think is the bigger miracle here? Not that they held all of their things in common, but that they were in one heart and one mind. Their willingness to hold all their possessions in common came out of their their unity of heart and their unity of mind. Their hearts were united. Their minds were united. It's incredible what happens when believers share a common purpose. What was their common purpose? What was the common purpose of these early believers? These people had just listened to the resurrected Jesus teach and speak and laugh for 40 days after he was risen from the dead. And then they all went out to the Mount of Olives. And there they got their last glimpse of Jesus while these words were still ringing in their ears. Acts 1 and 8, when Jesus said this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That was their common purpose, to go into their world, to go into the world and make an impact for Jesus. They were all of one heart and one mind, and when a group is of one heart and one mind, it can accomplish amazing things. Look what 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 says. Finally, all of you should be of one mind. Sympathize with each other. Love each other as brothers and sisters. Be tenderhearted and keep a humble attitude. The question I want to, I want us all, I'm going to ask lots of questions today. One of my first questions is this. Are you connecting in a group of believers that are of one heart and of one mind? If not, you could be missing out on some amazing stuff. That takes us to our second fill-in. Number two, connect together with a common story of grace. Connect together with a common story of grace. Listen, in my personal opinion, okay, from Pastor Jeremy, I don't believe there's anything in life that connects one another deeper than our stories. One of the things that we're wanting to do here at New Life is begin capturing people's stories on video more often because our stories connect us to one another. We all have one. We all have a story. No matter how good or bad our stories are, those memories and those things that happened to us made up who we are today. Part or parts of your story is why you you are here listening to this message right now. New Life Christian Center is part of your story. New Life Christian Center is one of the chapters of your story. The things that happened in your life that brought you to Jesus, that later brought you to right here in this moment, are all part of your story. Our family of origin, our tragedies, our successes and our failures, our marriages, our divorces, our kids, our grandkids, our schools and our universities, our homes, our vehicles, our jobs, our conflicts, our laughs, our tears, they all make up our stories. And a lot of our stories are more connected than we could ever imagine. That's why telling our stories are so powerful. Because we can all relate to one another. Nothing is new under the sun, as King Solomon once proclaimed. 
It's one of the reasons why Pastor Dave and I, along with uh, many of the other communicators here on staff, we try to incorporate a lot of our own personal stories during our messages because we know that our stories are relatable to your stories. They demonstrate a, a certain vulnerability and a, a layer of transparency to show that we're real people too, that we all have the same issues. We go through the same challenges as everyone else. And followers of Jesus have a commonality. Listen to this. Followers of Jesus, all followers of Jesus have a commonality. We've all asked for forgiveness. We've all repented of our sin. We've all accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We've all accepted and received the grace that God offers into our lives. And when God pours his grace out into people's lives, man, that makes for quite a story. We hear stories from Scripture. We hear stories say, I once was blind, but now I see. I once was lost, but now I'm, now I'm found. I once was dead, but now I'm alive. And your stories are equally as powerful. Stories like this. I was raised in church, but didn't know God. But then he connected with me. He showed his grace toward me. And now I see it's not about religion. It's about relationship. Another story. I achieved a large measure of success, but I was empty inside. Then I discovered Jesus. He showed his grace toward me, and now I know that nothing satisfies my soul like him. Another story, I never seemed to fit in, and I struggled with low self-image, low self-esteem, and anxiety, but then Jesus came into my life. He showed his grace toward me, and now I'm at peace knowing that I'm a child of God, and I have brothers and sisters in Christ who love me and who care about me. We all connect with one common story, and here it is. Jesus showed his grace toward me, and I'll never be the same. Share your stories. Share about the grace that God extended to you. I love listening to people when they share their stories with me. I love to sit over a cup of coffee and hear stories of people's past and watch how God creates new stories for their future. When we tell our stories, there's a deep connection that happens. But the problem is you and I don't take enough time and we haven't created enough space to really connect with one another and share our stories. How many people do you have in your life that you've given permission to, to get raw and real with you? How many people really know you? How many people uh, have permission to correct you, to rebuke you, to call you out? Look what Proverbs 27, 6 says. You can trust a friend who wounds you with his honesty, but your enemy's pretended flattery comes from insincerity. I have a personal leadership coach that I connect with once a month. And he has full permission to get raw with me, full permission to get real with me. And I've hung up on him. I've called him names. I've told him he's not helping me. And he's been my coach for nearly seven years now. <laughs> Who knows about your challenges? Who knows about your struggles? Who knows your weaknesses? Does anyone really know you? 
With whom were you tastefully transparent and vulnerable? We need each other. You may have heard by now about the tragic loss of former Miss USA, uh, Chesley Christ, who, uh, who committed suicide just last week. 28 years old, her whole life ahead of her, yet she battled and struggled with high-functioning depression for years, and no one knew about it. Educated, beautiful, driven, passionate, dedicated, but deeply hurting on the inside. She opened up to one person in her life about what she was going through. And that was only days before she took her life. Who knows you? And I mean really knows you. Who can you talk to? And I mean really talk to. With whom are you connecting, really? I believe the kingdom of God, I truly believe that the kingdom of God is is going to grow not because of our one-hour service that we have on Sundays, not because of a one-hour celebration that we have on the weekends, but instead one person at a time through personal connections, deep connections, strong conversations. That's why James said this in chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. And the Apostle Paul said this in Galatians 6 2 share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. The better that we know each other, the better that we can do our part in growing the kingdom of God. And this is not just a pastor's thing. Remember, this is for every single one of us. There's only so many hours in the day. Only so many people I can meet with. Only so much coffee I can drink. (laughs) Listen, I need you. We need you. And you need others. And others need you. That takes us to our last fill-in for the weekend. Connect with a common act of kindness. Connect with a common act of kindness. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 say this. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. If you say, Jeremy, that was written 2,000 years ago. Yeah. So think how much closer. He is today. The writer here in Hebrews is making a call to action for believers to stand strong in the faith. Having struggles and challenges in our life, it's nothing new. It's been happening for thousands of years. And the author is saying this, come on, let's do this. Hang in there. Let's do this together. Let's feed the hungry. Let's clothe the naked. Let's help each other out in need. Let's grow God's kingdom together. One of my favorite things about giving messages like this is that it's a great reminder that we are the church. This space 
this building right here in Turlock and in Patterson. It gives us a, a great location to gather as believers and to, to worship God together. But we all know that this isn't the church. When we invite people to church, what we should be doing is inviting them to be a part of God's family. Not just invite them to a building. We are the church. And we are commanded by God to go out there to grow his kingdom. Not to just grow it in here, to go out there. And I believe the best way to grow God's kingdom is through talking about Jesus with people. One person at a time. Through connection, through conversation, through our stories, with a common purpose, and with common acts of kindness. So my challenge to you, as I bring this to a close, my challenge to you is this. Pick your one. Pick your one. Who can you have coffee with? Who can you have lunch with? Spend time with them. Get to know them. Open up to them. And then after a while, you can become more transparent, more vulnerable with that individual. Pray for them. Send them a text. Give them a call. And then pick another one. And guess what? Here's the catch. Don't always make it another believer. That's, the, that's one of the challenges. Jesus was constantly hanging out with the wrong crowd. <laughs> it was one of the reasons the religious people, the quote-unquote religious people, hated him. Jesus hung out with beggars, people that were diseased, prostitutes and politicians, the equivalent of an IRS tax collector. <laughs> and the religious people said, why is he hanging out with, quote, such scum. That's how the religious people look down at everyone else. And I absolutely love the response that Jesus gave them. When he overheard them talking, he walks over there and he says this in Matthew 9 and 12. Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I love that. Listen, God may be wanting to use you in the capacity to have a single conversation that keeps a person from making a horrible and unhealthy decision. Don't miss that opportunity to be used by God. Now let me also say this, as one of your pastors, make sure it's someone of the same sex. <laughs> Connecting deeply with someone of the opposite sex can invite all kinds of trouble and struggle that go against what we're trying to communicate and accomplish. And I'll tell you right now, the enemy would love nothing more to, than to take something that's meant for good and to turn it for destruction. You don't want to send them the wrong mixed signal when what we're trying to do is grow God's kingdom. Whoever you're going to choose to begin this journey Let's do it together. Choose your one. Put it in your calendar because you know as well as I do, what doesn't get calendared doesn't get done. Put it on your calendar. Begin to engage. The time is now. The time is now to connect. Connect with a common purpose. Connect with a common story. Connect with a common act. I challenge to you again, it's time to connect. We need each other. I need you. You need me. You need others. And others need you. So pick your one and make it happen. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me?
Father, we know the importance of connection. Father, you modeled that with us, Lord. We, like I said in the message, Lord, we see all throughout Scripture, there's, there's, there's not this deep uh, theme of humanity wanting to connect with you, but instead you wanting to connect with us. And Father, by doing that, you set the example of how you want us to interact with each other, to love our brothers and our sisters. Whether they're in the faith or not in the faith, Lord, the only way that we're going to win others in the faith is if we love them and if we truly connect with them. So, Father, I just pray right now for every single person under the sound of my voice, Lord, that right now they are choosing their one to begin a spiritual journey with. They can begin to connect on a deeper level, really get to know them and allow others to really get to know them. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Lord, I know, God, I feel in my spirit that what you are doing is trying to grow your kingdom and the way that's going to do, the the way that's going to happen is one person at a time, one-on-one relationships. So, Father, I pray that you'll spur that in us, encourage us, motivate us, shake us, Lord. God, help us to figure out who that one person is, Lord, that you want us to connect with. Let us make it happen. And Father, you be right in the middle of that relationship and bring honor and glory to your name. Father, today we trust you. We surrender ourselves to you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, thank you so much again for tuning in to New Life Christian Center for our online weekend experience. We want you to have a great week. And next week, we're going to ask you, who was your one? Hey, have a great week. We'll see you next, next weekend.